Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Greensburg. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Decatur County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a very special guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Richard Essex, Wish TV 8 investigative reporter, one of the best in the business. Richard, you were covering Kagan Klein in court yesterday for his sentencing uh, for child pornography, possession, and all the things that go into it. We were talking about this story yesterday. Correct me if I'm wrong now, court began at 9 a.m. yesterday. We didn't get the final sentence till around like 6 o'clock. What took so long? Well, it it was actually it was closer to 7 o'clock yeah. by the time the judge went through every single count and how much he was giving Kagan Klein time in prison for it was it was 7:30 before we got out of there um if there if there's ever an argument for having cameras in the courtroom this case was it now that we had asked the judge if we could have cameras but he denied because of some of the information from some of the victims and and I get that but there was so much information that was delivered during the pre-sentencing investigation testimony and the prosecutor and the state police when they got up and testified that you just couldn't fit it into a, a two or three minute TV story. And throughout the entire thing, you, you got the you got the impression that Kagan Klein has been a master manipulator of everybody he has come in contact with from probably his early teens. He dropped out of out of school, I think, when he was in ninth grade and basically just sat at home in front of the computer and and was and started soliciting these these pictures before he was even of age. And that that became a question yesterday was some were some of these pictures done before he was 18. So the, the guy's got a a really long history of. Of, of doing this and the charges yesterday the, the 25 charges that he is going to prison for 40 years on were based upon six victims where they were able to identify these people go and find them interview them and find out exactly what happened there were another 11 that they had found that were not part of the charges and the question that we kept having with the prosecutor is did he make physical contact with any of these people? Did he actually meet up with anybody? You know, because, of course, we wanted to know, were Abby and Libby some of the people that he actually made physical contact with? Yeah, he's, and, he spoke with uh, the victims of the Delphi murders uh, the, the the day before they disappeared, and that's why we're right. really even talking about him right now. Yeah, and he had used that Anthony Schatz catfishing or fake social media profile mm-hmm to impress girls, you know, that he was this, you know, suave you know, uh, guy, had a bunch of money, and, and then he was also using these three 
other profiles called Emily Ann. He, he used different last names, and he would tell these awful stories to these girls, you know, that he watched his family die in a fire, he was a heroin addict, and he was hoping that, you know, he was going to overdose at any time, you know, to gain sympathy. And he also used that very same profile to introduce some of, of his victims to him, his real profile. I mean, the web that he wove with these people, I mean, he would start a conversation with one person and then make contact with them six months later, a year later. He had this this weave or this this web that just expanded all over the country. And the, the people that he was in contact with, I mean, we're probably going to start hearing more and more of, of some of his victims and start coming out. But his reach was very broad and and very widespread. One of the things I saw on your uh, your story last night on Wish was one of his victims. He, he talked her. She was thirteen years old. Oh, talked, awesome. talked her yeah. into sending him uh, nude pictures of her. She was in a bathroom in a hospital because her grandma was was sick. Yeah, in mean, this she case, was, yeah, she had. He had that girl terrified, and that. <laughs> You know, she needed to, to do this or he was going to expose the pictures. And this girl thought that it was a real person until investigators made contact with her. And then she realized that she was being groomed by Kagan Klein. Richard, at one point, Kagan Klein spoke and he hasn't been doing a lot of public speaking uh, throughout this whole ordeal. But he spoke yesterday. What did he have to say? Well, he started out crying, and you know he it 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 kind of took everybody by surprise. You know he he started speaking and he started crying and he was a, he was apologizing to his family who he had thrown under the bus. He'd blamed them for everything and his victims. You know that he he's sorry that he did the things that he did and that he did it because of the attention. And the more he kept talking, the more you realize this guy's trying to manipulate yes. the court. Yeah, you know he's trying to manipulate us. He's trying to manipulate the judge and everybody in the courtroom. And and you know how I know that too is because I saw the moment he came down the stairs after court had adjourned and he flipped off the camera in yeah, defiance. The one finger salute. Yeah, yeah, that was. And so uh, that to me says that all that BS you were talking about before him crying and apologizing was all just a bunch of crap. Yeah, yeah, it, it, that's exactly what I thought. I was standing right there when he came down and, and he gave everybody the one finger salute. And I thought everything you just said in court, you just yeah. dismissed it by that action. And you know, having not heard a thing from this guy for the, you know, the, the past couple of months, you know, he'd become in court or, you know, we would see him on the video monitor and he, you know, didn't say anything. But yesterday during the state police, when they, when the investigators were up there giving their testimony, they would say that he did something, you know, some outrageous act. And he would lean over to his lawyers, and you couldn't hear what he was saying, but you could tell by the look on his face, he's like, they're lying. They're lying. It, it wasn't this. It was that. And you saw that through him throughout the entire proceeding yesterday. He would go over to his lawyers and trying to manipulate them. And, you know, hey, that guy's lying. I did, it wasn't that. It was somebody else. You know, it, I'm assuming, I mean, there was tons of testimony from victims uh, yesterday. I'm assuming, did anybody get up and speak in his no. defense or anything like no, that? Is, no. no family members or anything? No, he, um, 
his lawyers didn't call a single witness okay. you know, to testify for him. And he had been really taken care of by his father. His dad had just, from what we've heard, just really coddled him, gave him money, and you know, just let him do pretty much whatever he wanted. And then as this investigation started going forward, he started blaming his dad. You know who he said, "Well, it was it was my dad's phone. It was my dad's tablet. It was my, you know, it was his account." And you know, trying to deflect everything to somebody else. It wasn't him. So, no, the the family has any of his friends are they they're gone. And on the flip side of that, were there any family members of the victims that spoke to you afterwards, or maybe said something during this hearing? No, uh, there were some. There were some victims family members there but they didn't make themselves available and and they 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 kind of sit there very quietly and it's we've seen them in the courtroom in the past couple of of hearings and they they have not not, not said anything and now you, and you mentioned before did so keegan klein did not have any physical contact with any of his victims do we know that for sure well, that's I mean, that's what the prosecutor said. They don't have any evidence to suggest that he had any kind of physical contact with any of the people that he made con or that he tried to contact. One of the questions I had for the prosecutor, Kagan Klein was taken out of the Miami County Jail last year and questioned by state police. And then there was like a four week search of the Wabash River. Yeah. And of course state police have never said officially that it was connected to any any case, it just there was a search going on, and you, you can do the simple math. You, you, there were twenty troopers out there, all in special gear, out there for four weeks. You know, it was a couple hundred thousand dollars to search that river. They found they, they won't say what they they have found, but they're not saying it was connected to this case or to Delphi. Mm. So, you know, did did he lie to state police again? Did he lie to prosecutors again? It's probably my guess. He was trying. He just he does a lot of these things for the attention, and and he said that a couple of times that he did all this for the attention. You know what's scary? We're speaking with Richard Essex, investigative reporter for Wish TV, covering the Keegan Klein case, sentenced to forty years in prison. Um, for every Keegan Klein that goes to jail, there's probably a thousand more out there prowling. And it's it's really a, a terrifying thought. I got a nine year old girl, you know, so I, I I think about that stuff a lot. Well, I'm I'm in Henry County right now, and I was just talking to the sheriff a few minutes ago. We were talking about about Kagan Klein, uh, and we both said there's a Kagan Klein out there right now, yep. sitting in mom and dad's basement or in some some room, some dark room, doing exactly the same thing, and. You know, hopefully, police will catch him. And w- one of the things that I really came to light yesterday was how sophisticated the investigative tools that state police have to catch these guys. And, you know, it's almost James Bond type stuff. You know, where they're able to take a picture and, you, and use facial recognition software. That's how they were able to find some of these victims. And when these guys try to pass this. Um, child porn from place to place over the internet they almost know the, the the service providers almost know exactly who where it's coming from because they've got those url numbers already in the system so yeah. when and so when Klein was passing some of this stuff around like into dropbox or some of these other 
um, social media platforms, they they knew exactly what it was. And I'm surprised they didn't catch the guy earlier, actually. Richard Essex, Wish TV, now that this uh, story has come to an end, the Kagan Klein saga, what are you working on now? Well, I, I, I've got a story out here in Henry County. It's absolutely phenomenal. This is one of those moments in my 20-some year career where I walk out of the interview and say, holy you-know-what, I can't believe this is happening here in Indiana. And it's a on a scale of 1 to 10, we'll be able to put on about 4 tonight at, at 5 and 6. But I'll be out, be back out here next week to just to finish up on this story. But it is, it, it is unbelievable, and I can't say any more than that until it airs tonight at 5 and 6. And that, my friend, is what we call a tease. Well done. <laughs> uh, great job covering this uh, story of this creeper, uh, Kagan Klein. And uh, we look forward to your work on Wish. Thanks, sir. Appreciate it.